0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Okay, I didn't hear you. <laughs> okay, I think, is that everything? Okay, all right, so the title for today is Woman, Who Are You? The Identity Crisis. Woman, who are are you look at the person next to you if it's a woman and say, Woman, who are you? Come on, say it with some attitude. Say it with your chest. Woman, who are you? <laughs> so when, over the last few months, um, ever since it was mentioned that you know I would possibly be speaking today. I just began to pray and I said, God, what do you want me to say? It's Mother's Day. And I didn't struggle with it when the Lord began to speak to me because I knew, I thought I knew where he was going with this, okay? I thought I knew. So um, go ahead and put up the next slide. Okay. I, me, Darlene, I am woman. Okay, woman being the whole person, the whole person. I'm not just a, next slide, female, okay? That's just your biological category. When you're born, you're born with certain things that made you what, female. Men, born with certain things that made you male. Again, woman, who are you? Okay, first scripture, Genesis 1 and 27. Whew. Okay, it says, so God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God. He created them male and female. Okay, so we've got that part out of the way. We know our identity, right? Okay, so why is it that we get confused about who we are as women our roles as women, right. our obligations as women. Yes. Now, I appreciate the independent woman. Yes. Right. I'm one. Yes. <laughs> but I also know that there are other things that God called me to. I am number nine. I have eight siblings, okay? And I'm, gonna, I'm going somewhere with this. This shaped a lot of my identity issues, okay? I'm the youngest of... Nine. And I'm so used to saying eight. But when my dad passed away, when I was 12 years old, I found out that I had a brother that I didn't know about. My dad was a pastor for a season. He was a minister. He was a preacher, all that good stuff. But when we got to meet our brother, my older siblings knew, but I didn't know. So this guy comes around. And I'm like, oh, he's cute. He looked like my brother. It's like he is your brother. And I'm like, "What?" At 12 years old, I'm totally confused as to why I have a brother that I never knew. Now we're we're pretty close. We we chat quite a bit. We never lost touch after um after you know, my dad passed away, we still keep in touch. We still see each other and all that. But with that, a lot of identity issues started flourishing. I have a sister who's three years older than I am. And we would go places together. My dad, you know, traveled all over the place. They had a group that sung. And again, a lot of this is what shaped my identity. I'd be with my sister that's three years older than me. And what people would say, oh, she's the cute one. Hey. Speaking to my sister. And it was never corrected, okay? My, my parents never said, oh, you shouldn't say that. They're both my children. Never, never heard that. So then I grew up wondering, well, am I enough? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Am I cute enough? Am I good enough to be with them? Because I'm always the other one, and she's the cute one. Again, this is what shaped my identity. I always knew I was a female, but I didn't understand the whole woman thing as I grew up, okay? So we read the scripture. God created man in his own image, okay? We're going to go ahead to the next slide. The one who gave you life is the one who identifies you, okay? We know the scripture that talks about, you know, we were created and knitted in our mother's womb before you know the hand of time, all we, we can quote all the scriptures jeremiah twenty nine eleven you know the, we know the word, we know the word, but yet we struggle with our identity, okay um, whew, Jeremiah one and five it's not up there, but it said, before I knew you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born, I set you apart and I assigned you as a prophet to the nations, okay? That's word, okay? So next slide, what causes the identity crisis? When we really think about it, how many of you have never had a struggle with your identity? I don't see anybody's hands going up. Thank you. Everyone has struggled at some point. If you didn't struggle, keep living. You will. You will. Okay? So some of the things that cause the identity um, crisis in our life. First one is trauma. Okay? Trauma. So I have, I have four listed, but there's probably 100. Okay? There's just four there. Trauma, life, isolation, and the big one, unforgiveness. So the trauma in my life stemmed really early. Okay? Really early. Being molested. Okay? There are many women that can say, oh, I've never experienced that. Ooh. Listen, so what does that make you feel like? Makes you feel dirty. Makes you feel icky. Makes you feel like you're not enough. You're not going to ever be enough. Why am I being the one that, you know, is being touched when I didn't ask for this? Okay? So we look at things like that. Life in general. Life is going to happen. It's going to happen. Whether you're you're big, whether you're small, it doesn't matter. Life is going to happen to you. Those things cause isolation, okay? When I was um, working, my first job, second job, first job I was a babysitter, second job where I was actually getting paid, there was a season in my life where I went through a very dark time, very, very dark time, okay? And people will look at me now and be like, no, you, mm -mm, not you, yes, me. There were times I wanted to die, okay, okay? I wanted to die. It was so bad to the point where I felt like, well, if I can just wear black, I'll just kind of fade into the scene. No one will ever notice, and I'll be okay. And so that's what I did for a season. I wanted to isolate myself. I went to work. I picked up my daughter, single parent, came home, and I was like, you know, I'll just go in my room, and that's where I stayed. Made sure she ate, but I didn't want to be bothered with the world And what happened, a lot of my trauma stemmed from being in church. Stemmed from being in church. The place where I thought I could go and everyone would accept me and I'm good. And everybody smiles and they love you and they hug on you until I was violated by an evangelist. When that happened, and this is not stuff that's foreign. My husband knows which is why I tell people all the time, go into your marriage honest, because eventually you're gonna to have to tell some things and they need to know before you shock them in front of people, okay? So I um, was violated by this person and I sat in the back of the church and watched him preach. After being told or after being asked, what did you do when I told what happened? What did you do? So again, trauma, life, isolation all those good things right so when we as women we just kind of sit back and we're like we come in and, and and this is how we come in church on Sundays okay we come in and we're cute we're cute okay we're cute all is good and I love props because it kind of helps get you you know gets the point across so we, we got on a coat of many colors you know we all we all kind of cute we matching. And we come in, and you say, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. Praise the Lord, (laughs) lie. Oh, we're so cute, and we do it so well. We do it so well. And we we just walk in, and you know, everything's good. And it's not that some people, your trauma is so suppressed, you've forgotten about it. But the freedom is going to come when you address it, okay? So we come in. And we're like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And we walk around, and as you can see, this is a little big. It's a little big, because that's what trauma do to you. It puts things on you that you're not supposed to wear, okay? It, it's, it's a little big. It's, it's I think what Jasmine said is a 3X. Yeah, I'm not quite there. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to be there either. But um, we put it on, and then all these labels are what we walk around with all day, all day. Now, these are things that cause trauma, but they're also things that are a result of trauma. So if you can't see it close up, it's on the screen, most of it. Fear, anger, anxiety, bitterness, all of these things I was wearing walking in church every Sunday because we had to go. We had to go. Okay. That was, that was a requirement. You live in the house, you go to church. And some of those things that I grew up with, I put on my kids that caused trauma, okay? A lot of the things I didn't realize until my daughter, daughters began to share things that they experienced, and I'm like, oh, man, where does this stop, okay? There is a stopping point, okay? Okay? There is a stopping point. So there is hope. There is hope. There is a stopping point. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm an aunt. All that. But I was still traumatized. And that little girl in me wanted to come out. I just didn't know how to get her out. I didn't know how to get her out. And so for many years, I struggled. I was approached by women because they thought, maybe I went that way. I was approached by older men because they saw a little girl who was looking for a daddy. Okay? So a lot of times when people approach you, be careful. Because there's something that they see that you may not have identified. There, there's something there. So, you know, I've heard, I've heard people say, well, you know, The girls ask me questions like, Are you this way? And I don't know why. Search your heart. Search your heart. There's something there. So, how do we maintain, next slide, our godly identity after we take off all this stuff, or how do we get this stuff off of us? Because we were talking in our um, Connect group Wednesday night about forgiveness and unforgiveness. And I sat there and I said, God, before we even started, I said, is there anyone in my life that I need to forgive? Anyone? I waited. And for weeks I've been asking this question. Because when I went to Journey in January, I told myself, this is it. I am not walking around anymore with my heart feeling like there's a knife in it. Because I don't want to forgive people. Okay, years ago, I had to forgive my father, who passed away when I was 12. Okay, I'm about to be 52. Years, just just some years ago, when we still lived in Washington State, um, a lady came and she was like, you need to forgive your father. And I'm like, for what? It's like, because you're mad because he left you. And I didn't realize the sting that it caused in my heart. Okay, yeah, he left me. She said, and you need to forgive God. I was like, what? How can you tell me forgive God? God didn't do anything. She said, you're angry with God because he took your father. And I was like, oh, okay. Life happens. It's up to us to choose whether we forgive or not. Okay, it's going to happen. So we're going to get to how we're going to maintain our godly identity in just a moment. But there are things that I've done in my past that I'm not happy about. Many things I've done which shaped my identity. There are things that I did because of who I thought I was. When you don't feel like you're worth anything, you'll do anything. You'll do anything. And I I just, I look back at my life now and I'm just like, wow, God. There, (laughs) There have been some things in my life that I experienced that I wouldn't wish on no one. Even my worst enemy. Being raped. And all of this stuff, again, because of who I thought I was, you know, I'm good. I can handle things. I can go places and no one else has to worry about me. And then life happens to you. And what do you do? Isolate. You become angry. This is getting real hot. Because I don't need it. I'm not supposed to be wearing all of that. Okay. It, it, all that stuff is going to weigh you down. But I, ha- I had to learn. I had to learn that life is going to happen and how you choose to live your life going forward is up to you. Yes. It's totally up to you. Okay. So how do we maintain our godly identity? There's a few things we're going to go over. If you want to take a picture of the slides, you certainly can. I know, Noah. (laughs) Okay. How do we be? That's it. Seek God first. Seek God first. Now, there's, there's, I'm going to go back a little bit. When I say seek God first, if you don't know you need him, you have struggles seeking him. Okay? So, if you are struggling in maintaining your godly identity that he gave us, remember he said male and female, okay, He talked to the whole woman, to the whole man. Those are things that we have to deal with, okay? The one who gave you life is who identifies you. It does not matter who called you what or what you called you. No one is powerful enough to define you, okay? No one is. No one is powerful enough to... They can call you every name in the book except for Darlene, I'm still Darlene that's the name that was given to me I mean and I was called I was called some names there was a a period in my life when I was pregnant at 15 and I was telling my I I shared everything I've shared with my husband everything okay (laughs) so he he knew the mess he was getting okay he knew (laughs) and he married me anyway so I'm thankful um, I was sharing with him, I said, when I got pregnant, I went to church, and there were so many other girls that I knew were doing the same things I was doing, they just didn't get caught. Okay, Being, getting pregnant, I got caught. And I told him how there were times I would, uh, you know, go to church, sit down, I'm trying to cover it up, you know. And the ministers that knew, some of the pastors, literally would be walking <laughs> and preaching, And they were saying, our little girls need to learn how to keep their legs closed. Yeah, her mouth just dropped. Yeah, mine did too, every time I heard that. And my mom, one Sunday, my mom said, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of it. And my mom's super quiet. Well, she used to be quiet. (laughs) Life taught her some lessons. She speak up now. (laughs) But she would say, one Sunday, she said, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. I feel like they're always picking on you. I was like. Mom just stood up for me for the first time when I got pregnant. She said, it, it seems like it's just happening. She's very soft-spoken. It seems like it just keeps happening. It, it's like you go to church and you go to conventions and you go to church. And they keep saying these things. I was like, Mom, I know. And that was the end of the conversation. When I got pregnant, my mom didn't talk to me literally for about three weeks. We were in the same house, and she basically walked by, and she only said what had to be said because she was hurt. Now, later in life, I realized mom got married at 14. Mom had babies, 11 of them, okay? Real young, really young. And so even my sisters, and I'm I'm telling you, this is the stuff that shaped me. Even my sisters... um, a couple of them were pregnant before they were married, but they tried to distort the math so their kids wouldn't know, okay? And because I was the youngest one, I wouldn't know. So there was deception, you know, trying, trying to, to understand how I'm supposed to live as a person, but I could never see. It seemed like I just couldn't get to the truth of why things were happening the way they were happening. So I gave my life to the Lord. Um... And it was, it was, it was an ordeal because I felt like God didn't like me. So it was hard to say he's a good, good father because I felt like my father left me so early. Okay. So if, if you don't relate to any of this, listen, tell God, thank you. Tell him, thank you. Because the problem is a lot of times we deal with this stuff, but no one wants to talk about it. So we stay in bondage and we're always hurting and we can't understand why when we go to lift our hands, we can only go this far because there's no freedom in our life. But listen, you can maintain your godly identity. All right. So um, seek God first. That was the first one. Matthew 6 and 23. We're going to read that one. Matthew 6 and 23. And all these scriptures are in the amplified version. It says, but seek, aim at, and strive after first all of his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then these things taken together will be given you besides. Seek, aim, strive after. I knew that I didn't want to live my life in bondage. I knew that at an early age. I was like, yeah, can't live like this. Um, The next one, strive for deep humility. Strive for deep humility. Pastor got up and, you know, talked about the false humility, things like that. Listen, deep humility. Pride will get you nowhere. It's going to get you somewhere, but it's not where you want to be. Okay, it, it's, it's guaranteed to get you somewhere. Okay, so James 4, James 1, we've got quite a few scriptures, and I promise you, I will not be up here long. Humble yourselves, Ooh, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your lives significant. Listen, if someone would have told me 30 years ago you're going to be standing up in front of Remnant Christian Center... In Apopka, Florida, I'd have said, you a lie, and I rebuked the devil. Because for me, I was shy. And how many know being shy is not always a good thing? It's not always a good thing. Okay. Only 20% of babies are born with a shy tendency. I looked it up because the Lord asked me a few weeks ago. I was praying and studying, and it's like, I said, God, what, what, what does ha- being shy have to do with anything in identity? Okay. How many shy people in the house? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oops, I already did. Okay. Being shy can come from childhood trauma as well. Okay. Now, can you grow out of it? Absolutely. I would never believe he was shy. Um, (laughs) but I grew up shy and it was because of the things that happened so after being told I was the one that didn't, you know my sister was a cute one we would go places and I would start standing behind my mom looking out like, okay, let's see maybe they'll notice me but even in that, pride can set in pride can set in and you start doing things to make yourself seen Okay. When I first came to RCC, I think it was um, Yvette, she's so sweet. She said, <laughs> I'd speak to you and I'd be like, is that the same person? Be like, oh yeah, her hair is just different today. So when I first came to RCC, I wore many different color wigs. Was I having an identity crisis? Absolutely not. <laughs> I wasn't having an identity crisis. I was just letting my hair grow out, Okay. But there are people, literally, you see people, and I wish, God shows it to me all the time. I'm walking around, and I'll see other people. and I'm like, man, (sighs) some of them would be like, Lord Jesus, just close your eyes. You don't want to see none of that. But there are times I've walked around, and literally, I could see anger. And I mean, through my spiritual eyes, God would show me. They're angry. You go check out at the register, and the cashier's like slinging your groceries, and you're like, how are you today? I'm good. Notify your face, honey. Notify your attitude. You know, and we do things like that. But our first instinct is to say, okay, they're acting like that. Give them attitude back. Because that's, that's women, right? You know, slinging my, look. Slinging your groceries. And, you know, when you do things like that, you're not helping. You're not helping. But your pride won't let you. Ask them, but how are you really doing? Are you, are you having a bad day? Can I pray for you? When someone cuts you off? Woo! Florida drivers are serious, okay? They cut you off and then look at you. <laughs> like, you did that. It's your fault that you were there and I needed to get over. So our pride, again, our pride, their hand go up, our hand go up. It's like, but are you singing, I surrender all? No. <laughs> You're not singing anything. You're like, I can't believe they did that to me. Pride makes us do things that we don't want to do. Okay? It's, it's easy to slide into that place where the humility goes out the door and pride steps in. It's, it's easy. It's easy. But we need to strive We need to strive for deep humility, not just surface humility. Deep humility. When you do the things right, when no one's looking. Deep humility. Okay? The next one. Pray often and be grateful. Woo! Pray often and be grateful. Luke 18 and 1. Pray often. Also... Jesus told them a parable to to the effect that they ought always pray and not to turn coward. Also, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart and give up. Listen, don't faint. Don't lose heart and don't give up. Don't turn coward. Okay? Be grateful. Pray often. Okay? The next one. Live and speak faith and truth. Okay? When we are hurting, oftentimes it's hard to speak faith. When we are hurting, oftentimes it's hard to remember our truth, right? It's hard. It is hard. James 2 and 26. For as the human body apart from the spirit is lifeless, so faith apart from its works of obedience is also dead. Okay, these are often Amplified. Again, it says, for as the human body apart from the spirit is lifeless, so faith apart from its work... Of obedience is also dead. So faith without works is dead. You can say all day long, I want to be healed, I want to be well, but I'm not going to the altar because they don't need to know that I have this issue. I'm not going to prayer because I don't need to pray. Don't become a coward. That's the amplified transition. I didn't call you a coward. It said it in the word, okay, in the Amplified Version. Okay, the next one. Embrace your identity in him. I could have lived my entire life feeling like that ugly little girl that I wasn't, but because that's how I was labeled, that's how I felt. I, I, could, have just, I could have just went with that. Okay, Song of Solomon, 6 and 3. Okay. And while they're pulling that up, it's not easy to attain the feeling of intimacy with God when you feel dirty. That's so good. So good. I am my beloved's garden, and my beloved is mine. He feeds among the lilies which grow there. Okay, and we know Song of Solomon would be like, oh, that's talking all about the husband and wife, you know, good stuff. Intimacy with God. Okay. Until you become healed, your intimacy is shallow. Shallow, okay? When I got married, there were things I'd tell my husband, it's like, yeah, we married, but, you know, some things are mine to do. And he would just look at me and be like, we're married. Yeah, okay, turn off the lights. You know, because I felt dirty. There were things about me that I just didn't like. You know, there are things that have to grow on you. And like I said, when I got married, he knew a lot of my trauma, and he married me anyway, so I figured God gave him big shoulders because he knew he was going to have to deal with a whole lot of stuff, right? But there were times, I know, when we first got married, in our first place here, he was uh, getting a shower or something, and I was like, hurry up, I got to use the bathroom. He was like, well, then use the bathroom. And I was like, still married, but that icky feeling... Of someone else being in there with me in the light you know you sleep in the same bed you do what husband and wife do but then still that was a place that represented trauma for me okay you're in the bathroom with me you don't need to be in here why are you in here so there are things that may have happened in your life and they've happened in all different places okay Could have been in a closet, could have been in a store, could have been in a bathroom, could have been, someone could have violated you in your bedroom. All those things shape who you are as a person. And if we don't get healed, we carry that stuff into every relationship. Now this one, it might sting a little bit. Okay. The next slide. What does it say? Serve from the heart. Are we serving from the heart? When you're healed, you can serve from the heart. Okay. When you're when you're still battling trauma, you think you're serving from your heart, but that's surface. Okay. A lot of times, um, one of the things I looked at, and the scripture for this one is Galatians five and thirteen. I was praying, and I was like, God, there are some women I just want to reach. I'm going to read this for you, brethren. We're indeed. Called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness, but through love you should serve one another. Galatians 5:13. I'm gonna read it again. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom, only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh, and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness but through love you should serve one another so there are some Sundays literally I'd be like "Ah, I didn't get that sister ah, I didn't get to reach her I didn't get to hug her and you know I'm a people person now I haven't always been okay because I've learned to love me so when you learn to love you you don't worry about who you know <laughs> who think what and all that stuff and listen a lot of this stuff has come from my children God will use your children to help you heal. (laughs) They might get on our nerves sometimes, but he will use your children to help you heal. So in going back to me, you know, wanting to reach the women and stuff like that, why, why, why do some of us disappear as soon as church is over? Women, woman, who are you? There are those of us that would like to get to know who you are but there are many that escape because they feel like that's what they have to do. Let that marinate for just a second. There are those of us that want to embrace you and bring you in so that, because we see, God sees, he connects us with people. And in the spirit of you're really looking, God will reveal things to you. I know you're hurting. I know you've had trauma. But isolation gets you nowhere, but deeper into your own self pity. Okay? There are some women's like, well, I just, you know, I just like to leave as soon as church is over. That's cute. But are you healed? Is that a front? Are you being a coward? Okay, keep your stones. Um, we're going to go to the next one. <laughs> forgive. Forgive. That is the highlight of the trauma right there. If you can't forgive, you cannot move forward. You, can't, you just can't. You cannot move forward. Ephesians 4 and 32. And become useful and helpful and be kind to one another. That's what I want to do. I just want to be kind to you. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. If you have no other reason, leave that scripture there, if you have no other reason to forgive, that last part after that comma, as God in Christ forgave you and become useful and helpful and kind to one another as God in Christ forgave you. Tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, loving hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. So we don't have an excuse as to why we can't forgive. Is it easy? Mm it's not, but we have to do it if we want to be free in Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. And last slide. Did you guys see you at the end already? Mm-hmm. Remind yourself daily who you are and whose you are. Okay? So all the ladies, all the women, all the mothers, I want you to stand. Tito, keyboard. Thank you. (laughs) So these are just some declarations we're going to declare out loud, okay? And after that, then we'll, um, pastor can come and give the altar call. But we're going to declare these out loud because I know I'm not the only one that's ever experienced hurt, trauma, depression, anger, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, no will to live okay so we're gonna declare these out loud all right they're not on the slide so I'm gonna say them because I want you to focus on what you say not what you see because sometimes you have to hear what you say so you can believe what you're saying okay we're gonna remind ourselves of who we are as women so then the identity crisis doesn't have a hold on us all right okay Here we go, and I want you to say it like you mean it, all right? Here's the first one. Say, I am free. I am a child of God. I have the peace of God. I am not condemned. I am forgiven. God dwells in me. I have been chosen to bear fruit. And this is something God just brought back to me. We were riding. We had to take a trip to South Carolina this week. Quick turnaround trip, my husband and I. We were in the car. And I fell asleep. And I woke up and I jumped. And God showed me a chicken and an orange. I was like, Lord, chicken and an orange? What? what, what? Chickens lay eggs. Fruit are from trees. Chickens lay eggs, right? Okay. Fruit come from trees. We are the branches. Okay. And what he showed me in that was hens are nurturing. Hens, you know, mother hens, they even know how many eggs they're going to lay in a day. Okay. They've got it. They know what they're doing. And I was like, but why did you show me the orange? See, because chickens weren't made to bear fruit. We were. And I looked at it and I saw the chicken sitting there and I saw that orange. And I, I, I had to go and study about hens because I wanted to know what that was about. And even Pastor mentioned it earlier. Listen, we are nurturers. But we will traumatize our entire lineage as women, if we don't know who we are. Okay? So we're not gonna walk around like chickens laying eggs. We're gonna bear fruit. Okay? We're gonna bear fruit. All right, we're gonna keep going. I have been chosen to bear fruit. Ooh, y'all sound real like y'all want me to hear y'all. <laughs> Talk to Jesus, okay? I have been chosen to bear fruit. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a member of a chosen race. I am rooted in Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I am rescued from Satan. I do not walk in the spirit of fear. All things work together for my good. I am free from condemnation. We said that one again. Nothing can separate me from his love. His great work will be completed in me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things through Christ. Okay? So, and that goes for the men as well. Everything we said today. Okay? Women deal with a lot. You can have a seat. <laughs> Women deal with a lot. And in our dealings, we have to come to a place where we accept patience, we become generous, we gain wisdom. Okay? and we allow God to shape us into the women who we're supposed to be. All of those things that happened in my life, I'm not angry, I'm not mad, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, because God knew what it took to get me here. And I could walk around and I say, oh, you know, we talk about different women in the Bible and you know, how I had a Jezebel spirit because of things that happened And then I also learned to be like Ruth, strong, courageous, and trusting in God. So no matter what has happened in your life, you too can be free. You too can live a life of forgiveness, okay? So with that being said, thank you all for allowing me this time. Thank you, Pastor George, for this time.
1: Hallelujah! You know, I, I want to say something that I, I believe is very prophetic, and, and they don't even know I'm going to say this, um, but hearing your story, Darlene, now you've, you've told me a little bit. I, I, I realize one of the reasons God sent you here, hearing your story, is even to be healed from pastors and leaders and ministers. Not that we're perfect by any means, but I pray that our pastoral staff has been a a healing balm for you. Uh, and you know, I used to I, I would text her and say, "Hey, I'm proud of you. You have the gift of God in you," and I, and she would sometimes say, "You have no idea how much that means to me," which I didn't until today. And so I just want to tell you that we honor you, and you're such an incredible asset to uh, all of the women. Would you give it up for Darlene one more time? What a powerful word. Wow. What a testimony. And, I, and I, he brought your family here. And here's what I hear. I don't, I'm not going to have an altar call. Uh, I promise. Everyone said hallelujah. They're like, come on, PG, it's Mother's Day. Come on, don't flow in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I know some of you are praying, like, come on, the Holy Ghost is not going to flow like this but I heard, I heard the word I heard the phrase right, are you ready for this when you were speaking it's time to get out your shell so what I heard while Darlene was speaking you know when you touch on that shyness some of it it is a personality but sometimes it is a is a, a, a shield for or an excuse or a defense mechanism We have a defense mechanism and we go out the way and we, you know, we blame Oh, that. I'm just, I'm just an introvert. Well, God called us to do life together. So even if you're an introvert, get out your shell, but this is an invitation to get out your shell either on purpose, intentionally, or get out your shell and be healed. Because when you're in your shell, that means you are not allowing anybody in. And maybe you're like Darlene that you're putting up a front were like Darlene in her testimony that you're putting up a front so that people won't see the true trauma. So I just want to just end it out with praying for those who've been in a shell and God is calling you out of the shell. Do you know that because of trauma, some of you have stopped singing and you're singers. Because of trauma, some of you have stopped picking up a leadership position that you used to have in your other church. And if it's like Darlene, I just feel so privileged and honored that she could trust me as, a, as her pastor when she's had ministers, evangelists. C- can I be honest with you? Someone of that story should not be sitting and preaching at church. In the world, that she should be out there rebelling, hating the church, hating ministers, but she doesn't. So she could love the church and she could love people with, with ministers traumatizing her Don't allow the church hurt to stop you from going to church. And don't allow church hurt to stop you from trusting well-meaning leaders that are all flawed. So before I pray, Frank, I believe you have something for a minute that you said that not long...
2: Yeah, um, I found this uh, five months ago. I was going through our pictures. I was cleaning out some stuff. And uh, God just spoke to me. He said, save it for Mother's Day. Save it for Mother's Day. And I was like, uh, this is actually something that Yvette had given Rosie a while ago. It said, once upon a time, the Lord of hosts spoke and said, my faithful, loving servant, Frankie and Rosie, you will bear unto Me three beautiful girls, Bianca, Amanda, Samantha, for they will proclaim my holy name forever and will be known as the Deborah generation. Then one lovely afternoon, the Lord was spring cleaning in heaven and he had found a bottle stored with tears in it. Then the Lord of hosts spoke again and said, For I know the plans that I have for you, and indeed, Rosie, you shall bear. Another known as the promised seed, and his name will be Christian, known unto me as the Joshua generation. As each of your beloved angels were ready to be released, here's a written conversation they had with me, their Heavenly Father. Remember, he knew them before they were in your womb. He had a conversation with them, told them their assignment before they came here. All of your children have asked me the same question. God, they tell me you are sending me to earth tomorrow. But how am I going to live there being small and helpless? God replied, among the many angels, I chose one for you. Your angel will be waiting for you and will take care of you. The child further inquired, but tell me, Here in heaven, I don't have to do anything but sing and smile and be happy. Again, the child asked, And how am I going to be able to understand when people talk to me if I don't know their language? God said, Your angel will tell you the most beautiful and sweet words you will ever hear. And with much patience and care, your angel will teach you how to speak. And what am I going to do when I want to talk to you? God said, Your angel will place your hands together and will teach you how to pray. I've heard that on earth there are bad men who will protect me. God said your angel will defend you even if it means risking its own life. But I will always be sad because I will not see you anymore. God said your angel will always talk to you about me and will teach you the way to come back to me even though I will always be next to you. At that moment, there was so much peace in heaven, but voices from earth could be heard, and the child hurriedly asked, God, if I am to leave your presence now, please tell me my angel's name. Her name is not important. You will simply call her Mom. This is so true in our life, in our family's life my wife perfect mom for our children and it's true for you too we had an awesome journey this weekend and there was a lot of hurt brokenness whether you've lost a child a child was aborted a child died while here on earth just remember you're still mom don't hold any condemnation over yourself god is so proud of me he loves you and it's not over. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
1: So to all the all the men in the house honor your wives. All the fathers honor your wives. Don't speak down to them. You know, let's just close our eyes. Father, I stand in proxy right now. I stand in proxy as a man, as a father, as a husband. And I ask, I release the forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness in proxy for those people that hurt the women of God and violated the women of God. I ask that you would release healing right now to those who feel they're in a shell, they're in an identity crisis, as Darlene spoke. But Lord, we know that there's hope, that there's healing. Those wives that have suffered abuse, from former husbands or current husbands, I pray, Lord God, that you would break those chains even now. I pray, Lord God, that those wives that feel that they're holding the fort all by themselves, that you would give them strength. Though even though they're married, they feel that they are in a single parent home. I pray, Lord God, that you would show how worthy and how notable they are to you. And Father, lastly, of those who are stuck in an identity crisis because of past trauma or current trauma and they're hiding behind their gift or they're hiding behind a hurt or, or a personality trait, Father, today, let them start opening up. And let them see that as they open up, Lord God, that there's a whole world out there that does love well, that there's a whole new world that they could trust you but at the same time receive healing. So I release healing right now over every person, especially the mothers in the room. I pray grace over you. I pray strength over you. I release healing over you. Come out of that shell. Forgive, and you will blossom like a flower in the name of Jesus. I declare your calling as a woman of God is not any less significant than the calling of a man of God. I ask, Lord God, that you would release this now in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands right now before we go. Let's just receive that.
2: Just receive
1: that right now. Come on, just for a
2: minute.
1: We love you, Lord.
0: Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit RemnantChristianCenter.com.